You're listening to My Solo Road by Divine Media. Hello, friends. Welcome back to My Solo Road. It is Sydney, your host, the host, back at it again. Hello. Hi. I am currently on OHV land, which I should have looked up before I said that, but I didn't. I'm sure it's something, something vehicle. I don't know. It's oftentimes shared. I'm getting to a point, by the way. It is oftentimes shared with like BLM land, which is what you see a lot of van lifers camping on. It's free camping land. A lot of times that BLM land is also OHV. So if you hear any like off-roading insane like vehicles in the background just like zipping by my van, that's why because they are here and they are making that clear. So uh, you may or may not hear that but all is well. I'm loving life. We're just chilling right now. I'm in my van. Pearl, as always, is sitting next to me. Ella is sitting outside. I actually recorded the rest of this episode with Quinn Gable, who is the guest today, a few months ago, and we were just waiting to get season two rolling. I'm sure you are up to speed on all of that, but I was probably somewhere else when I was recording that, and I'm super excited for you to get to know Quinn a little bit deeper. She is awesome, good friend of mine. Like I said, we have now hung out a few times. I cannot remember for the life of me if we had hung out when we recorded this episode. I'm sure we say it somewhere in the episode. So I don't know if we had hung out in person, but we've been online friends for a while now. Quinn Gable is a solo female like van lifer if you want to speak SEO or like, you know, Instagram terms. And she has two cats. And so we do chat all about cat van life and how she goes about doing that. She has some really exciting projects coming up that are happening like now since we're kind of in the future versus this episode a little bit, but she has a lot of super helpful information to just share, resources, things like that. And also she's just like a good friend, a very like exciting person. I think she has such a good energy about her. So I'm definitely happy for you to get to know her and and me. I always get to know my friends. I say this, I feel like every episode, but the podcast always lets me in on like my friends' lives, I think, in ways that I don't already know. I mean, like I know the basics. I know she travels with cats, of course, but you get to kind of dig into their past a little bit deeper, which I think just helps our personal friendship and obviously relationships with you guys. So you can follow her at Quinn. Gable. And I think we say that at the end of the episode as well. But I hope you all are doing lovely. I love all of you. And let's pour yourself maybe a cup of coffee, depending on what the time of day is, maybe a glass of water or maybe a glass of wine, whatever you're feeling right now, go for it. And yeah, drive safely if you're driving. And here is my good friend, Quinn Gable. We're back with my beautiful friend, Quinn Gable, or as Instagram likes to call her sometimes, Quingible, which I can't get out of my head ever since you told me that. That's so funny. Okay, well, how are you doing? I am great, and I'm so excited to be on this podcast because this podcast, it like really did change my life. Like I've listened to so many episodes of this podcast prior to joining Van Life because I think a lot of us in 2020 era were like, what? the hell are we doing with our lives? Literally, like we were all in this, like obviously like world crisis, but we're in our own midlife crisis, quarter life crisis. And so when I made the decision to finally pull the plug on a van, I was like Googling, okay, like what podcast do I listen to? And like yours came up and I think I binged all of your episodes in like three days. And I was like, great, I'm prepared. I mean, prepared enough yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you get to van life and then you're like, nothing prepares you for this. <laughs> 
Oh my God, that makes me so happy. I know I say this all the time and I feel like people also kind of get irritated with me like repeatedly saying this, but I genuinely don't, like I don't think of the, my podcast as something as being like on the forefront of my like platforms or audience or anything because I am posting on Instagram so often. I'm thinking about TikTok so often and like the podcast doesn't really consume much of like my brain power. And so I like forget like the importance of it because it's always funny. Nobody, I mean, people do sometimes say, oh, I follow you, but more often than anything else, people stop me and say, I, oh my God, I listen to your podcast. I love your podcast. And I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot. Like, thank you. But yeah, that's, that really is awesome. <laughs> I love hearing that, especially now because you're also killing it. So yeah, Thanks. we love to uh, be a part of that in any capacity. <laughs> Where are you right now? So I am, um, I'm in Colorado. I drove oh, between like the last 72 hours to like, you know, week or whatever. I've been from California to Oregon to Washington and now from Zion to now I'm in Colorado. I feel like my biggest toxic trait in van life is driving too much. So I'm currently in Colorado on my dad's peach farm. <laughs> Love that. You drive more than like Henry and I, but I do, I feel like there's some people in van life that just like get a kick out of moving around a lot, which I mean, if you can kind of, why yeah. not? I feel like my first year, I probably did the same thing. Just going from like park to park to city to city, like the excitement and like yep. the pent up energy of like wanting to be on the road starts to just go crazy. And so then you just want to like go everywhere and anywhere all the time. So yeah. And like, I was in California, which I'd never really explored California before for like, I think it's seven weeks and I was exhausted for like those seven weeks. So I'm like, I just need to go to somewhere that I, I know and I love and I can just like chill for mm -hmm. a second. So that's why I drive all the time. <laughs> yeah. What are, do you have any uh, like coming up travel plans? What is that looking like? So a couple of us are doing a really big uh, backpacking trip in the Escalante area. So for Utah, we're doing a lot of different, just like really cool backpacking trips until, you know, it gets hot. And then I'll just spend all summer in the Pacific Northwest doing backpacking, climbing, I mean, as many hot springs in Idaho as possible, but I love the Pacific Northwest so much. So I'm pumped to go back. Have you been to Idaho before? I have. I spent, that's actually where I met Jean and Shay. We oh, did like, like two and a half, three weeks in Idaho. And it was like, I swear, Stanley, Idaho is like the biggest hidden gem in the United States. I am so, I, know. I mean, the stickers that say like, tell your friends Stanley sucks. It's like so true. I mean, I'm announcing it on this podcast. Stanley's like the greatest place in van life, but like it is like, yeah, you've no, got, it's yeah, so good. yeah. You've got like all of your backpacking and hiking in the sawtooths and then you've got, you know, your hot springs all over the town. So like, I'm obsessed with it and like free BLM everywhere. So, I mean, what's not to love? Right. Well, and Stanley, it helps that it's like such a small town, which to be fair, we did talk to a lot of locals that live there and they do because it the like, I think it's the coldest winter potentially in the entire country, like in terms of like they get a ton of snow and it's like freezing cold. So when it's not like that, they really uh, depend heavily on tourism. And so it sounds like they do really appreciate people coming through as long as they're obviously like respectful and like doing as good travelers do. But it's like, the smallest town I've ever been to. Like, there's, like, one, maybe, no, maybe, like, two bars, one cafe. Like, it's literally just... And, like, it's a dirt road. Yeah, yeah, it's literally, like, <laughs> that kind of little town. And so I just really appreciated that. Like, every... I'm not going to get these correct of the days, but it's, like, every Wednesday, they have, like, street dancing, and then every Friday, they have this. And it's, like, the literal whole town of Stanley comes out and, like, does all these activities because it's the only thing to do. But it's so fun when you're just visiting because it's, like, the strongest community because there's, like... 40 people. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it is super cool. Okay. So you are 
a solo woman on the road. How long have you been living in your van in total thus far? In total thus far, I want to say 14 months. Yeah, 14 months. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what kind of van do you have? So I have a Ford Transit 148 high roof. And it's two-wheel drive. All-wheel drive, actually. Which I... It was actually so funny. So I had purchased a van in Maryland. It was like a 2018 van out of Maryland. I'm on my way to get this van. Just literally... It was like the day... Like the next day I was getting on a flight to Maryland. I get this call from the dealership. And they're like, Oh, we're so sorry. This van doesn't exist on the lot anymore. And I'm like, Wait, hold on. I paid for the van. I signed contracts for the van and you're telling me this doesn't exist. He's like, yeah, the refund's going in your account, you know, in the next 48 hours. But like, we're sorry. And I was like, but I have to like give this van to builders in the next two days. I have my flights booked. Like, what am I supposed to do? So I end up going online, literally searching for vans. The only ones that were popping up were like the 2020 all-wheel drive ones. My dad like looked at me and was like, you want all-wheel drive anyway. And I was like, you know what? Fine. Let's finance it. Let's do it. I will get the all-wheel drive. (laughs) Yeah. So my new van is all wheel drive. Do you like, what's the difference? I mean, like, do you notice a big difference? Like, do you feel like you are, I mean, I do know the literal difference, like the technical type of thing, but like, do you feel like it is super capable in places that like other vans may not be? So in my experience, I have found that I get stuck a lot less than a two wheel drive, like ProMaster, for example. Like, I don't know how, like, I find that I get stuck way less. Like knock on wood, I've only been stuck once and that was at Descend on Bend. And it's just because, you know, every day you're progressively sinking more into more into more into sand. So it's the only time I've ever gotten stuck. Oh, and then you know what? One time I got stuck in Chicago, which you're, you lived in Chicago, so you know all about the snow. I had driven my van up to Chicago. It had just been built and I parked it in an alley and that night it snowed. Like I want to say two feet it snowed. And so I'm literally trying to get this van out of the alley. I can't get it out of the alley. I all of a sudden I, I'm like an hour into digging this thing out. And I hear this like knock. I'm trying not to cry. And then these garbage men are like honking behind me. They're like, like, ma'am, you got to move your vehicle. And I'm like, sir, like I don't physically know how to move this vehicle. I'm afraid I'm going to ram this into like an apartment complex. Yeah. And so then they, they got into my van and they were so sweet. They're like, your purse is in here. Do you want to grab that? And I was like, no, no, no. Like do whatever you want. Like take my money, get this van out. Like, <laughs> Steal and, all of my things. Like, I was literally like, I don't care at this point. Like literally just get this thing out. And they ended up teaching me so many things about my van. So I feel like that I've used to like get unstuck. So I feel like there is a difference with the all wheel drive. And I'm like so grateful for this like garbage men experience that I had, like literally week one of getting this van. I get stuck in Chicago in an alley, garbage men, you know, get me out. And so uh, it was just such a blessing, like how much shit happened in the van. And now I like know how to do this. Yeah. Okay. Well, so teach us like, what is something that just give us one thing that they taught you. Do you think that like helped you? Okay. And, and again, I have very minimal car experience. Like I didn't have a car in Chicago. Like my first, literally my first car was six months before I purchased a van. And that was like to move me to Los Angeles because I was moving from Chicago to Los Angeles. And so I don't know very many things about cars. I'm a public transportation girl for life. Okay. So with the all wheel drives, they're always, they're always moving all the wheels. And at one point I was so stuck that like it, the wheels had stopped moving in this specific area that I needed it to. So he told me you can put it into manual and then your tires will not stop moving. And that was my issue. It was like to get out of this ditch, my tires somehow just like it sensed that it needed to stop. They didn't want to all activate. And then to put it into manual, that's when they started all activating. 
and then they were able to get it out but that's that's the extent so like when i've gotten stuck in like utah in the sand you know i put it back in manual and then you know freaking floor the thing and like get out but right. like i don't i don't have max tracks i've never had to use max tracks like yeah. i just kind of i don't know jesus take the wheel <laughs> like <laughs> yeah you just you're keeping your fingers crossed and hoping for the best honestly yeah. i love that i do to be to the people listening do recommend max track <laughs> just, they honestly have like saved my life they just are a pretty much a guarantee that you're gonna get out regardless and like i didn't have them until last year and so there were a couple times where i had to like call i was in mount shasta in california and i had to call a tow truck to come like or yeah, I think a, a tow truck did come, whatever. They had to winch me out. And it like I had to like beg this guy to come down because they usually won't go down a really long dirt road. Like they just won't do that. And so, but there, I had popped a tire. It was a whole thing. And he was able to get me out. And so that was like, it was it for me. I got max tracks before going to Mexico and they just like, I got stuck in Mexico and I had to lay them down. It was also so embarrassing because I was at a gathering. So it was in front of like so many people were watching me be so embarrassing, but I had to lay them down like 10 times in order to fully get out of the sand. But I still was like able to get out in a spot. I don't know if I would have been able to get out. So I do 10 out of 10 recommend the max tracks, but my new van is all wheel drive as well. So we'll be fine. The combination of both. Amazing. Okay. No, I, I, I definitely need to get max tracks. I just, it's one of those things where I feel like every other thing has happened to me in the van that like I'll get max tracks eventually. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, it took me a couple years, honestly. Okay. You <laughs> mentioned Chicago, which I did not mention this in the intro, but uh, Quinn and I met in person for the first time at a brewery in San Diego recently after kind of being online friends for a while. And I feel like we like we clicked a lot for various reasons, but like one of them was our lives before van life, like happened to be super similar in like really funny ways. We were literally working so close to each other without knowing it. And so I would love to just talk about what you were doing before van life. Like what was yeah. your, what did life look like for you? It, and that's another thing that I thought was so funny and so kismet when I was listening to your podcast before I knew you and about van life, you were like, okay, Chicago event producer. And I was like, hold on, this is so weird. So about <laughs> for about eight years prior to van life, I was a marketing director and an event producer for a magazine called behindthechair.com. It was the largest magazine for hairdressers. And pretty much I was doing very similar things to you. So I was scouting events all across. So I was scouting locations all across the United States Canada, and then the United Kingdom. And so I was running events in, like at 23, I was running sold out shows at the Chicago Theater, the Orpheum, hotels like the Hyatt Regency and the Gaylord, and then in like iconic venues like the O2 in London. And it was awesome because like working for this company, I they give a lot of opportunities to younger people. And I just absolutely had the most incredible opportunities to run as many events as possible in so many different like countries, locations, old concert venues, like literally when the world shut down, I was running an event in New York at a place called Terminal 5 for around 2000 hairdressers. And like we got the news that literally the governor was like, hey, everything needs to be shut down. And we had a nine city world tour that we had planned for that year. And so we're all just sitting here being like, all right, this is our last two raw. Like this is literally the last thing that we're gonna do before we, who knows when. And so then when, the pandemic happened, obviously we canceled all of the events. So all that hard work, everything kind of, I mean, like the rest of the world, everything shut down. And so then it, I was really privileged to be able to keep my job and I switched everything into social media. 
and I was already managing a lot of the social media team already, but now I could put my like focus into it. And this is like the crazy thing that I feel like everyone our age downloaded TikTok the same month in the pandemic and we all started making videos. But literally the only reason I downloaded TikTok was because we had two undergrads that we had just hired at the company yes. and they were like, hey, do you know about TikTok? We need to start creating videos for the company um, in order to, you know, make this a bigger platform for this medium. Like we want to be, you know, number one in this medium. So I was like, okay, absolutely. Like go ahead, create this, start doing videos. And then I'm going to create my own just so that I can understand what this platform is. So I started making videos like all about just like, cause I was traveling alone as an event producer, like all the time. So I was going to multiple countries alone, um, states, staying in hotels. So I was like, I'm just going to make a bunch of like solo travel videos with all of this um, content that I already had in my phone. So I just started making all these videos like um, how to book a flight or like what not to do when you're booking it, like, like checking into a hotel room. So like, for example, like if you're checking into a hotel room, you never want to say your last name out loud. You always want to give your license to them so that like anyone around doesn't know who you are. And then like if the receptionist who's checking you in says, okay, Miss Gable, your room 303, I would politely ask, hey, can I have another room? Cause you just announced to everyone in this room where I now live. So I would like make videos like that and they ended up doing really well. And then when I started kind of moving around cause I didn't really know where I wanted to live and I didn't want, like I just moved to Los Angeles three weeks before the pandemic from Chicago. Then I like didn't know where I wanted to live, didn't want to spend like Los Angeles like rent money. So then I went to my dad's house in Colorado and then honestly started training my cats how to hike there. So like literally all this whole situation happened because I with my cats because I moved in with my dad's house and I was so bored. So I was like, let's take them on hikes. This will be great. Yeah. So it just it, it the universe like so beautifully just gave me all of these like little things in my path that like ended up resulting in me here and now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. First of all, we love those tips at the hotel. Never have I thought about any of these things. Mm -hmm. I love to hear it. Yeah. I feel like people, now that you say that people, I don't know that I've ever checked into a hotel and them not say like you're in room, blah, blah, blah. Like they always say that to me. And there's been so many hotel rooms that I were, I was checking in alone and there are other people in the lobby. So it's like, that really is probably something that I feel like hotel people should be trained on, like to not do that, especially with women, but like for pretty much anybody, like that's kind of a, a weird thing to do, I guess. Like didn't think about it. No. And it's, and every time I talk about safety in the van and I talk about it with someone else, they always are like, Oh, I never thought of that. Or like some men will be like, Oh, I sleep with my door open. And I was like, are you joking? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, people just don't think about like those little, little, little details that like could save your life. Right. Yeah, totally. So in regards to your life before van life, were you happy? Like, were you, did, were you enjoying what you were doing? So I absolutely loved what I was doing. I kind of fell into the position just because within the company, I was an account manager and then I moved to social, but then this, this kind of event production, you know, opportunity opened up and I was like, yeah, absolutely. I've never done this, but let's take a stab at it fell in love with event production. I love nothing more than creating an experience for other people. I thought that was the coolest part of an event is like someone walking through those doors, looking at your event and being like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like, and it's not something you can take home with you. It's this like feeling that you feel. And that's what I loved about Mm -hmm. my position. But then when the pandemic happened, I started to spiral a little bit. Like I lost a lot of my like attention span. I lost a lot of my drive. I lost a lot of my ambition because like this thing that I loved and this thing that I was so passionate about 
didn't exist anymore. And so my mental health kind of started to take a huge toll because I also learned that within me working so hard, like day and night, like I was working like 12 to 18 hour days if, a, if an event was coming up. Cause these events were for around five to 6,000 hairdressers. And so when these events were coming up, like I didn't realize how much you were go, 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 go until the pandemic happened. Oh, for and then sure. you're kind of stationary. And then all of these feelings get brought up and you're like, this is real. like, what is happening to my body? And it wasn't until the pandemic that I learned that I was just like for years in like heavy, heavy, heavy overdrive where like, I wasn't really paying attention to my personal life. I wasn't really dating. And if I was dating, I wasn't like actively involved in relationships, like mentally and presently there. Like I didn't really care. All I cared about was like that next event. Where was I going? My schedule, packing, unpacking, laundry. So it, it was the pandemic finally gave me a chance to like sit down and sit with my emotions and realize like, yeah, I love my job, but like, what else do I love? So it was kind of a harsh, a harsh awakening. Yeah, yeah I feel be, maybe it's because I've talked about it so much that sometimes when I'm telling, uh, I'm talking about my like past life before living in a van and being in Chicago and like, I, cause I literally relate to every single thing you just said. And because I feel like maybe the more distance you put uh, between those two like phases of my life, the more removed I am from it. And sometimes when I am talking about it, I feel really dramatic. I'm like, there's no way. I remember laughing all the time. Like, I wasn't that miserable. Stop, like, stop uh, over-dramatizing yep. it. That's the word. But I, like, did kind of love my job because I really liked a lot of the people that I was working with. I really enjoyed my time there. But, like, who enjoys working 12 to 18-hour days all the time? Like, the... Uh, productivity queen in me was like getting fed well and so I liked that but like I was a zombie a lot of days until I was like chugging coffee I was just not doing well even though I thought I was doing well like I was like going and going like you said and then once I started like living in the van and everything it probably took me close to a year to like unwind and like slow my anxieties because I was so used to like sleeping with my phone on loud next to my ear and I knew I was going to be in trouble if I missed a call. I didn't want to miss a call. I didn't want to miss an email. And so even the like four to six hours of sleep I might get that night, it was like I was not like deep sleeping. I was like I was on the surface of sleeping. It just took me a long time to like actually unwind from those things and like sleep away from my phone and like kind of allow my body to really rest now I'm like a complete asshole if I don't get a full eight hours so <laughs> things have changed quite a bit but yeah I just <laughs> I really relate to like how you were before van life because I feel like I was the exact same way when did you like discover van life or do you have a moment when like it sunk in that, that was something you wanted to do I absolutely have that moment and it was at a gas station pretty close to my dad's house and I saw this really old sprinter and the Sprinter had two paddle boards on the side of it. It had a kayak on top of the roof. It was brown. And then it had this like very cute couple that was just like pumping their gas, going into the, the gas station to like use the restroom or something. And I just like sat and I like looked and I took a picture of it. So like I have this picture still. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do this. And then it was kind of cool. It's like once you told yourself you were going to do it, you just keep seeing them and you see vans everywhere. So then I was like in Telluride and like I saw a van. I was mm -hmm. in here and then I saw a van and then, I, and then I went to California and you see all the vans in Los Angeles all on the coast when you're just going up and down it. And I was like, I have to do this. And then it wasn't until unfortunately I had a friend pass away in October of 2020 
And finally I was like, you know what? Like, fuck this. Like I, I have to do this. Like I, he, he left this earth way too early mm-hmm. and I can't, you know, potentially, you know, anything could happen tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to do this. So it just, in literally two weeks later, I bought a van and, you know, started listening to your podcast, started buying every book on Amazon. I think my dad has like eight table books of like van life I'm still at his house because like you, you know, those don't fit in the van. So like, and <laughs> so you're just like researching everything. You're like on the phone with insurance a million different right. ways. And you're like, okay, how do I get insurance for this thing? Like, do I register in this business as my own? Like, so it's, you, it just happened so quickly. And I think with van life, when the question gets asked a lot, like around the fire or whatever, it's like van life just like happened to you. It wasn't this slow thing that like, oh, maybe I'll do this eventually. No, no, no. If the minute you mm-hmm. see the van and it like clicks in your brain between then and six months later, right. you're on the road. Like it's just, it's like a now or never type of thing. So it's, yeah, that, that is the moment. Yeah, totally. I feel like for a lot of people, it is like a light bulb moment where you're literally just like, hmm, that's like for me, when I saw that picture, I was like, that's everything I need right now. And like, I had obviously, as no one does, like I had no idea what I was in for. I didn't know what kind of research it actually was about to call for. I didn't know that I was, I wasn't even like in search of self growth or like a confidence boost. Like I wasn't in search of that. I was just like, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, I need to just do that. Like something about like my body was very pulled towards it. And Mm-hmm. I ended up doing it. And then obviously over the last four years, I mean, I feel like my enti- like I'm a completely different human being than I was four years ago. Like it just, it really, mm-hmm. it changed me in like all of truly the best ways possible. And I'm very grateful for that. I like love that you said it took you about a year of van life to unwind from your last position. Cause that's kind of where I'm at right now is like, I'm still learning like my triggers, how to unwind, how to stay put, how to not be stressed all the time. Like, cause literally like two months after I left my job, I was like, okay, I'll make my own marketing company. Let's do this. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like trying to like unwind and I'm like, no, no, no. Even my dad was like, when are you gonna chill and I was like I don't think I can ever chill but I'm gonna try yeah (laughs) yeah no it's it's honestly like anything else you know you have to literally practice and like as human beings you Mm -hmm. don't think that you need to practice like how to just exist but like you know we're for so long like at least you and I and I'm sure a lot of people relate to that too you're like trained to value productivity to like such a high level and I like being productive like having a good work day makes me genuinely happy and so You just have to really find a balance of like, okay, I had a great work week that made me so happy, but like now I'm going to do nothing, even if I'm still creating content, because that's simply what I do. And so that doesn't necessarily count for me, but I'm not going to edit and I'm not going to like sit on my laptop a bunch, but like this whole week, I'm just going to go hiking. Like I'll take photos and I'll snap some videos and stuff like that. But, Mm -hmm. and that really is, it's like a good feeling. And then because the thing is, I feel like then I go into the next week, so excited to work and so excited to edit. And like, I have avoided burnout doing my life like that the last few years. And I feel like a lot of people and my friends on the road get burnt out of van life because of like the social media pressures and like doing they associate living on the road with work because we all really turn living on the road into our jobs somehow at least a lot of people do and so they get burnt out of van life but Mm. I feel like they're just burnt out of 
making their life on the road have so much work elements and pressure about it instead of just like just like some mornings like you don't need to record your coffee you know open your doors pour the coffee and just fucking sit in a chair and like literally sit like there's so many mornings where henry and i like we don't even talk until like 10 a.m like we wake up in the same van i pour our coffees you know like we exchange words but like There's not, like, we just are literally sitting in camp chairs, like, sitting, staring out at the desert until, like, 9 or 10 a.m. Stuff like that, it it always feels really good. So, I guess that's, I mean, that would be my advice to anybody is to, like, really try and and put intention into, like, relaxing. Like, you have to actually try to relax, which is just a funny concept because I don't Mm -hmm. think that we know that. (laughs) And you have to be okay and not feel guilty about, like, relaxing and sitting in your van if you get to Yosemite and you just don't feel like doing anything. Like, right. then literally listen to your body and watch Bridgerton for two days, like I did, at Yosemite staring at Al Capitan, but not going outside, <laughs> just staring at it. Yeah. My next question was about your friends and family. So we were talking about you having jumped into van life now. You had the moment. You did all the things. Where were your friends and family? Were they supportive? Were they confused? If anything, I think the word is they were not surprised. I think like my mom definitely, the minute that I told her that I was doing it, she was excited. I think she was a little jealous because she kind of wanted to do something like this too. And then my sister was like, hell no, but you can go ahead and do it. Like she is, we're so opposite. It's so funny. Like Haley is very much like, I don't like going outside. I don't like doing this. So it's like very fun to see like our differences. And then my friends also, like no one, no one was surprised by me saying that I wanted to do band life. I think it was the fact that I've done it for this long that maybe they're a little bit surprised. They're like, oh, so this isn't just like a temporary thing. Like my grandpa pulled me aside at Christmas and he was like, hey, so like really, how long are you going to be doing this? Like, is this actually sustainable? And I kind of was like, yes, grandpa, like technically I'm saving more money than I was spending um, and rent. I'm seeing all these beautiful places. I'm making money. I have my own business now. Like I'm doing things that like I want to do. And like, yes, did I start van life and have absolutely no income? No idea what I was doing was very much not expecting van life to be like as intense as it is. But like you figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like I always kind of talk about like when one door closes, like you literally have no idea, like the next doors that are going to open for you. And it's scary to take that leap. And like you think that like all your stars like need to align to take that leap. But it's just like simply not true. Like literally just like go for it. And you have no idea who you're going to meet, what like what you're going to do. The person next to you could offer you your next job opportunity. Like you have literally no idea with fan life. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Going back to them, they were absolutely not surprised. And it's actually so funny. I like influenced my dad. I like to joke because six months after I bought a van, he bought a van. So and it's funny when he came back from his first trip, he was like, I don't know how you do this full time. Like, I love it for like, you know, a week, but like absolutely not full time. So it was it was pretty funny. Okay, well, kind of along those same lines. I know you have like loved living on the road and stuff, but you recently did kind of talk a little bit about burnout and like just feeling like you you kind of woke up one day feeling a little bit differently than you had like on the road thus far. I would love to hear about your experience in that. Like what were the feelings? Like what do you think may have caused them? And yeah, just your experience, I guess, feeling kind of the burnout that I think everybody goes through like ebbs and flows of feeling that way. Yeah. So okay, first off, I, as a solo person on the road, 
I don't understand how like single parents exist. Like, yes, I take yes. care of two cats. I take care of my myself on the road in a van in 60 square feet, but shout out to all the single parents out there because like taking care of yourself and doing physically everything and then also maintaining two animals in the van as well. I'm like, how does one do this with a child yeah. and a job and a house and friends? And like, it, it's wild to me. But anyway, so the burnout happened. I woke up, I was in Tahoe with some friends skiing and it was right after like eight weeks of like, I was in California. I literally, I don't know anything about California. I felt very constricted and like, I'm not a really big city person when I'm in the van. I can't like take the cats out. I'm not, there's not really like a forest in the areas that I was in and everything was very new. And so like every single day as a solo person you are forced to find a place to sleep you fill up you know everything you need to fill up groceries cook for yourself and I know it might sound so little but like every day that that's like half of your day like if yeah. you're gonna be filling up your water tank dumping cleaning your van which you have to do every single day getting water making sure the cats have exercise making sure you're safe making sure you're working internet the whole bit it's like that's that's most of your day and it was just getting to a point where I was moving around so fast and in the city and just doing so many things that I was like, I just want an Airbnb that I can stay at for the next like two weeks just so that I can have some consistency. And I was really missing the structure and consistency of waking every, like I was missing waking up and doing the same thing every day. Like when you're living in an apartment, you have one stationary thing and that is your apartment. You know where your kitchen is. You know how big it is. Like you can stuff everything you right. want. Like you have your routine. Whereas in van life, your routine is very, like you have it, but it's different every day while still maintaining the same things. So what I ended up doing after Tahoe was literally driving 10 hours to Bend, Oregon, where I knew I had my comfort. I had the Planet Fitness that I already knew existed there. I had my area that like I already camp at that I would camp at for two weeks. I've got my same coffee shop. Like I just wanted things to be the same every single day. And so with the burnout, exactly what you were saying earlier before like you have to be really intentional with like okay one week i'm gonna be a tourist and i'm gonna do a bunch of new things mm. the next week or the week after for two weeks i'm gonna chill and listen to my body and understand and get to know the area that i'm around without like actually having to do this like different stuff every single day so it got really 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 overwhelming and then same with social media like you're constantly wanting to show them new experiences every single day too that's like why i love your story so much is like you don't you're not showing like a beautiful landscapes the most of the time you're just like talking about your life and i think right I really got caught up in the first year of van life being like, okay, location, location, beautiful spot, beautiful spot, beautiful spot. That's like what I want to show. Not that like I was doing that for social media. I was doing it for myself. Right. I wanted to experience as much as I could. But like you said, it's like when you're moving too quickly, that is just like, will set you up for failure. Mm -hmm. And I also think like the one year mark is when my mental health started to just like, you think you can escape quote unquote your problems by traveling, but like, you know, after six months to a year of being in the van, like that's your life now. Like you're not escaping anything. Like it's going to come yeah. crashing in whatever, you know, issues might come up. So that, <laughs> that definitely yeah. started happening. <laughs> yeah. Have you, we are going to talk more about mental health. So I'm not just ignoring that you said that because we will be diving in there for just a minute. Have you had any scary situations happening on the road in your 14 months as like a solo female? Like, have you had a scary experience with animal or human in your time or have you gotten a little lucky 
I think I've gotten really lucky. Unlucky in how many times, you know, I've hit a tree and ex- ex- <laughs> right. my water tank has exploded and all, all of the physical van things. But safety, I believe, I think I've been really lucky. There's only been like one situation that I was like, are you serious? And it was, I was filling my water tank and one of my best life friends, like she was maybe like a block away. So like I was safe, but I was filling my water tank and this like man came up and he's like, you're using that wrong. And I was like, okay, cool. Didn't ask for your opinion, but like, right. cool. Thank you. And then he just like continued, like, where are you staying? Where are you sleeping? Do you feel safe? Like, are you alone? And he just like kept asking me all these questions. Like, how long are you staying here? Like, do you want company? And I was like, no, like, please leave. And, and I struggle right. heavily lying. And that's like one thing that I've had to do a lot in van life just to like protect myself is like, take a step back and lie and be like, Oh, my husband's in the van or like, Oh, like, like when I leave my vehicle, when I'm at a gas station, I'll like shout like, Hey babe, do you want anything? Just so people like pretend or like I'll wear like a wedding ring, like on my left hand or whatever, just so like the questions aren't asked. Like, and it's just kind of like assumed that someone else is with me because like even on trails and, and sometimes they're harmless. Like I've been hiking with my dad before when he's been like, Oh, Hey, like, are you alone? Like, do you, do you need something to someone else? And he's harmless. So I understand that people have good intentions, but they don't realize like when someone is alone, it's best not to ask them if they are alone. Right. But I've been really lucky now there. I get asked a lot if I've ever like lost a cat And that has happened. (laughs) So I lost my cat Otto only for about three hours, but like those three hours were very scary. And it was just a situation where like he had just wandered off, you know, in a bush, the opposite direction that I was looking. So it wasn't like a super scary thing, but like he did cross the road and I was like, cool. Didn't, didn't think you do that, but that's like a a level up, but fine. (laughs) Right. So that's the only really, or like if I see a hawk outside, like I'll just like start running to like, make sure like I'll pick my cats up or whatever. But other than that, like I've been really lucky. Well, it also sounds like you take a lot of precautions too. I don't want to just pin it all on luck. Like obviously you do a lot of things to be proactive in that way for sure. I'm also so scared of hawks mm-hmm. though. Pearl outside, everyone always is like, are you not afraid? And I'm like, no, I'm literally so afraid. But like, I also can't lock my dog in a van all the time. I have to let her go outside. But yeah, Pearl is like, she's, yeah. I, sorry, your cats, like they're a little snack for some of these birds out here. Like real easy to pick up yeah Yeah, so that's super true also going back on what you said about some I mean I'll say it like I know people kind of get angry but like men specifically don't always you know it's not all men and it's like totally understand that I have some of the best men ever in my life like love them to death not anti-man but like what men don't realize is that like are we supposed to know by the looks of you that you're not one of the bad ones? Like, we don't know that. So when you harmlessly come up to my van and I'm like making breakfast with my sliding door open and a guy's like, hey, do you mind if I look around? I'm like, of of course I care if you look around. They like start to step inside the van as if I'm just going to give them a tour. And I'm just like, dude, get out of here. Like, this is obviously a space where I, like, you can see I'm alone because you're looking at me and you can see my van. And so it's like, I trust that a lot of these people are harmless, but I can't look at you and know that. And therefore, I feel like it's not my responsibility to be the asshole and be like, uh, yeah, no, thank you. Get away from me. Like, I would rather if people would just understand that we cannot assume that you're good or bad. Um, and so I have... I got real feisty over the years and now I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. frankly not super nice when someone like crosses that line with me. I'm really nice up until that point. You know, if you're just making small talk, it's not like I'm going to be rude, but if I feel like they're crossing like the, oh, so you're alone. So how do you feel? Do you carry a gun? And they like start asking me all these questions. I'm like, honestly, what you're asking me right now is really inappropriate. Bye. Like, 
you're literally making me uncomfortable. Yeah. Or like when, and this is like also on the woman's side as well. Like I'll have a lot of my friends send me articles of like someone dead in forest. And I'm like, I don't need to hear this. Like I'm not interested. Uh, Can you send me, you know, someone getting mugged in a Chicago alleyway? Like send me that. Like, because it's all the same. It's all the same. People are unfortunately getting hurt everywhere and it's awful and it's sad, but like, I, I don't watch the news for this and I don't listen to murder podcasts. I don't listen to anything that scares me because then I'd be afraid to live on the road. And like by friends and family, I know that it's like, they think that they're helping me by like protecting me, but it just makes me scared. Like we can, like, I can tell you, hey, if you want to protect yourself, get a bat, put a sock on it. So that way, you know, if you swing, the sock can come off if they like hold the bat and then you can swing. You know what I'm saying? But like, that's how to tell someone to be safe. Then you're teaching someone how to like Mm -hmm. physically do something. Not sending me an article being like, this happened. Be careful. And I'm like, that doesn't help me. That's just not helping. (laughs) Right. Yeah. hundred percent. That's very valid. Um, do you have any advice for women I guess you have given some, but maybe anything else that you haven't said already, like advice for women who want to hit the road. And the one thing that's really stopping them is the safety aspect of things. Like they're just overly concerned with and rightfully concerned with like what their safety looks like on the road. Yeah. So I will start by saying this. I have never felt safer than living in my van. Living in Chicago, you have the same routine every single day. Or I would ride my bike uh, to work every single day and like I'd be going downtown on my bike. Like I could get hit by a car. I could get mugged. Uh, I could have a carjacking. Like there are so many things that could happen to you while living in the city and in a van. If my gut even senses that I am in a very strange situation or maybe this person looked at me wrong or maybe this guy's chair, like chair is being faced. Like I have binoculars so I could spy on people to like see their intentions. Mm -hmm. Then you can leave. Literally just leave your spot and go sleep in like a public area. Like I actually feel very safe at Walmarts when I park at like a Cracker Barrel or a Walmart because one, most Walmarts are open 24-7 or like casinos. Casinos are open 24-7. Like I feel safer when I sleep actually with more people around me because that means there's more people to potentially help me or call the cops or like if something ever were to happen. So first and foremost, like I feel very safe living in a van. So I think the media really like dramatizes safety living in your vehicle. And I just think that that is just simply not Mm -hmm. true. Now, other advice I would give is I feel very safe with my Garmin in reach. Like I have a Garmin and I carry it on backpacking trips, but like if I'm also in areas without service or maybe I just like I'm in an area that like you don't have your phone or whatever, I can press like the SOS and then someone will come and help me. I also have a security system in my van. Now the security system is a little like hit and miss. It's called Simply Safe. Um, and like none of this is like sponsored or anything. I'm not, I'm not getting paid to say this. It's genuinely what I use. Yes. So Simply Safe is a, a security system that like you can have a panic button. And technically like the panic button goes to like your home address, but the cops do call you. So then you can say, hey, I'm here. Or like you can right. do shortcuts on your phone that if you like tap, you know, your the right side of your phone five times, it will automatically call the police. So there's like little small things that you can do to make you feel safe or like, okay, legally, I'm not allowed to say this, but like instead of bear spray, instead of pepper spray, I have wasp spray. Now, legally, I have to say I have wasp spray because I have wasps in my van. Wait, why is this a legal thing? I took a concealed to carry class. And if you were to say, okay, so wasp spray I have in the van in case someone will just we only use it for wasps. We'll just call it for wasps. Great, great, great. So if there is a wasp that enters my van. 
or is on the outskirts of my van, I can spray that wasp up to 20 feet. Mm -hmm. So instead of using bear spray or pepper spray that gets everywhere immediately and potentially gets on you, the, when you're spraying a wasp, you can spray 20 feet outside of your van and it's, and it's not all the way in your van. And then if a wasp gets wasp spray in their eyes, <laughs> then they have to go to wa a wasp hospital to physically get it removed. <laughs> We love a good wasp hospital. So like when I took a concealed to carry class, when I had brought up wasp spray, they're like, if you told a police officer that you use wasp spray as self-defense, you will go to jail because wasp spray is for wasps. You have to physically state that if you're using wasp spray, it is because it was physically the only thing you had available at arm's reach in that moment. Same with a baseball bat, same with bear spray, same with um, pepper spray is technically, you can say pepper spray because that is for self-defense. But even if you use bear spray and you said, well, I use bear spray for self-defense, you'd still go to jail. So you have to make sure to state that like, it's, and again, I'm not a police officer. I took one class and this is what I learned from that one class. Right. Is you just anything around you, even if you used a frying pan, like, so you just have to be really careful with what you're using. But like, I really like wasp spray for wasps. I think it's really great. And especially like with cat, <laughs> with like cats in the vehicle, I don't want to get bear spray or pepper spray in my van. Yeah, so totally. yeah, so the wasp spray, the, the married, like pretending to be married, I think is great. Always putting a secondary chair at your campsite, I think is really good. Mm, Some yeah. of my friends have stickers, um, like NRA stickers. And like, I like my gun stickers on their van yeah. just so that like potentially from the outskirts, it just like looks like that maybe like a man is living in there. And I know that just sounds terrible, but like it is, that is just like... Yeah, I was going to say, we're all living in the same world, honestly. Yeah, it is what yeah. It is. so those are, but like, first and foremost, I take a lot of precautions, yes, but it helps me sleep at night. Like, and I sleep great at night. I feel very safe in the van. So for, for, for like, first and foremost, don't let this scare you. Like, genuinely, I believe that van life is, like, I feel very safe in van yeah. life. Yeah, I've said a million times, like... I, cause, and I, I lived downtown when I was living in Chicago. Mm. I was followed home literally so often. Like, do I know if they were really going to do anything? No, I don't. But like, you know, I would get off work at like, God, Lord only knows every different every single day. And it, so it was dark very often by the time I left work there. I mean, it was regular that somebody would be following me. So I would call one of my roommates and they would come down, come find me. And it was, we did that all for each other. They would get followed. So I would, I would come down, I would meet them. And like, it was almost normal. Like it kind of made me scared every time. And I always lived in buildings that like you had to scan in. There was always a person at the front. So like, I didn't feel like anything was literally going to happen. I just always, it makes mm -hmm. your heart race. I'm like picking my, you know, my pace up a lot. Like I'm trying to like walk faster. And that anxiety is also just something that like lived in me the entire time I was in Chicago. So like you said, I've, I've also had one uh, like kind of scary experience with someone. But other than that, like it's not even like, sometimes something happens and I get like literally nothing has really happened in four years of me mm -hmm. being on the road and I I have so many friends on the road and like I don't really know of many like I'm not gonna say I'm obviously not trying to downplay if anybody has had a serious situation occur like but I'm just saying the vast majority of my friends on the road have not had any negative experiences in that kind of way. Whereas yeah. pretty much every single friend I made in Chicago had had multiple. And so I also feel far safer living on the road than I ever did living in the city yeah. personally. And yeah. I do understand people's fear in that because they just have never lived in a van. So like it's hard to conceptualize that. But as two people who have, we're just telling you. 
it feels much better. Yeah. <laughs> it does. The, I mean, you're, you're like obviously terrified the first few nights because you're just like, I was like, I remember looking out of my windows and I'm like, just looking like, oh my God, is anybody, I would like hear a voice in a Walmart parking lot and I would go shooting forward. Like, are you too close? Okay. So I've never told, I need to talk about this on social media. My first night, I thought I was going to die. Um, <laughs> okay. And it is the stupidest reason ever. And it was, okay, so I woke up in the, like at three in the morning. Um, I'm in Utah. I'm at a spot that I've already been to before. I know it. And, and that's another thing is like when you start off van life, go to places that you know, yeah. because that it just makes you comfortable. Like I, that's what I did. So anyway, so it's three in the morning and I'm hearing psychotic noises of like someone breaking in. And I was like, oh my God. So I have all like my weapons, like my safety tools, like right next to me. I was like, oh my God, I'm really going to have to use these my first freaking night. Oh my God. Yeah. And lo, lo and behold, the only time this has ever happened to me is there is a mouse in my van and my cats are going ballistic. My cats literally made it seem as though at three in the morning that like someone was breaking in and I was about to die, but really they were just going after a mouse. And like ever since to this day, I've never had a mouse in my van except the very first night that I slept in the van. <laughs> like, oh my God. What a good intro to van life. What, what does it mean when cats are going ballistic? Like I know what it means when my dogs go ballistic, they're like barking and going crazy. Like what are cats doing when this situation's going down? I would say this because I've had dogs before. Same as dogs, but not barking. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, so I do want cats eventually, but just I am too nervous about getting cats in a van. But when I have a house and some land, I am so down to have cats. So I just bought a new van, but you also have some exciting news. I would love to chat about that. Yes. So as of last month, I also purchased a new van. Yes. (laughs) You actually purchased your new van way before I did. Like you inspired me in that way. So what new van did you get? What kind of van is it? Yeah. So I did, I stuck with the Ford Transit family. So Ford Transit 2022 all wheel drive, high roof 148. Now I know that you got extended and I'm like a jealous that you got extended, but like, I don't think that I could do it like with the extended. So I'm like, uh, that's my like mental block. It's like a lot of my friends have like Sprinter 170 extended or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like my mental block is like the bigger length. Yeah. So, but like, I'm so jealous and I'm so excited to see what you do with your extended, like, what is it? Three feet. Oh Oh my God. I know. I'm so excited about it. And it seems like a selfish, weird, silly decision because I've only technically, I've had the van for a year and a half, but the van was built for me thinking that this was temporary. Like I really thought that van life, like I was going to go back to work. I was going to do this for a year. It was going to be a sabbatical. I'll go back to work. Well, it was pretty swoop like quickly into van life. I realized like, no, like I want this to be my future. Like I absolutely love living in the van and the way that my van is set up is like perfectly for like a weekender, but it doesn't inspire me to work in the van, live in the van. The litter box isn't like the best situation. Like, and again, I'm coming from a, a place of privilege mm-hmm. where like I worked corporate for eight years. Like, no, this is not daddy's money. This is not mommy's money. Like this is my own money that like I've worked very hard for over the last like eight or nine years. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to purchase this new van, set it up. Like the market is really good to sell mine now. So I'll sell my van. It's an excellent weekender van or with someone that wants to live in it that has a bench, like just but with me and the cats, right? I just need a different layout. I need a different setup. I just need it to be built a little bit more for my needs. Cause like you think you know what you're doing when you go into van life and you literally have no idea what you're going to like you know, this tiny little one inch space, is it going to bother you? Like, so I'm really excited about my new van just because, and I'm also excited to walk through the process like with my followers and like, so that they can follow this journey. Cause when I first bought the van, it happened so quickly. I sent it to builders so quickly that like, I didn't share that process with anybody. 
And I have a badass woman builder building my van and I'm obsessed with that. Like it's a woman led company, woman builders. But yeah, I'm excited for my new van. I'm excited to just like not rush the process as much as I rushed the process the last time. I'm just excited overall. Yeah. So who is your van builder? You said that it's female led. What are they called? Yeah. They're called Dame Vanco. D-A-M-E Van Co. And her name is Kenzie West. And she's going to be building my van. And I'm so pumped. And it's actually so funny because like I have hit a couple trees. I've had a lot of things get broken in the van that weren't necessarily my fault. They may have been the fault of the person that built the van. And she has single-handedly fixed all of it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so she has built, I think, 10 vans. And she's been a builder for the last two and a half, three years. And she's lived in a van herself. And I think it's really important that your builder was also an ex-van lifer or a current van lifer. Because they understand truly the little details that go into making a a great build a great build and like truly like what you want and that is I I just think so important and also I just think it's Mm -hmm. it's so important like so if your listeners are interested in getting a van too make sure to have a contract and I know that that sounds crazy but so many of my van life friends don't have contracts and in that contract make sure it states a, a, a period of time in which if something breaks, that company is responsible for fixing it. Because so many of my van life friends kind of got taken advantage of in their builds that like, I want to make sure that like people have contracts so that when something breaks in your van or if yeah. something goes wrong or like building a van is like a dangerous thing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you have heaters in there that are connecting to your gas tank that could like light on fire. Like you want to make sure that that's like done correctly. So just make sure to have some form of legal documents that makes you protected and make sure to just like have references and like other pictures and like, just, just make right. sure. <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, that's such good advice. I did not have contracts with my previous builders as well, which honestly, like a lot of things stuck around very well in my van, but I do wish for other reasons that I would have had contracts. And you are so right though, that like things in the van can be so dangerous. I have so many friends who were like driving down a road and like their upper cabinets just fell onto their bed. And it's like, oh, I know it was me. It was Yeah, like if you were in bed, let's say that it just like loosened a lot while you were on the dirt road and then you go to bed that night, like it might not kill you, but it would definitely kill Pearl. Like it's definitely going to kill Pearl. And so that's, it's scary because you're, you don't, when you're in a house, I just don't think that you're always thinking about like, hmm, I wonder if that thing is going to literally like fall on me and I could die. But like in the van, because you're moving around so often, like nails do get loose, like things do happen. And so that shit is important. (laughs) Like it is dangerous. But what are some of the things that you are looking to change? Like, are there any details that you can share about like what you want to change about the layout or like maybe things that you learned from this van? Like, I don't like my bench there and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm really, I really like light. And I want to make sure everything faces outside. Whereas like right now, my van, how it's built is everything faces a van wall. And so like my kitchen is on one of my walls. My bench is right next to my sliding door. I want to reverse all of that. I want to put my bench where um, my kitchen is now. And then I also want to have a closet. And the closet is just because like, I am really big into photography and videography and I have a lot of gear, like as do you, like, and I need more space for that gear. Like, because the cat's litter box, because I have two cats, it has to be a bigger litter box, takes up a lot of room. It's just difficult to like have the amount of space that I want 
for the van because like I am missing a really big chunk for the litter box now okay I will tell you a couple really fun things so the litter box and the toilet are gonna go in one bench so that'll okay. be hilarious a fun little like poop palace and it's like nice because like that area will have like a fan that like goes mm -hmm. like the nature's head or whatever and it will like go outside of it there is um also you know how like we have our divider doors I'm gonna make a yeah. three-part divider door um, so that you can still use the swivel seat in the front passenger seat. So like, I love right. my divider door right now because like, it's actually, it's so nice for insulation, safety. And then like, I just like, if I need to open the doors and the cats are still in the van, I put the cats in the front seat and then I can close the doors and then they're not coming outside. So like, I love that part of it is like when I do want to have my doors open, but the cats aren't allowed out. Like I love that door, but like, I love that passenger yeah. seat swivel. So we'll see what ends up happening. <laughs> okay. So that was your layout. Ooh, what else? One thing that people should know about vans is like, and I know Sydney and I have been talking about like shit that you know shouldn't have been wrong in our van but like was wrong but like shit actually does yeah. break in your van so just like know that everything breaks so like if something happens to you in your van and you just feel so like frustrated just know that like that that actually yeah. does happen like it happens to everyone and that's like the really cool thing about gatherings is like when you're in a gathering chances are someone is going to come outside and be like hey does anyone need help yes. fixing anything i have a toolkit and like that genuinely does happen most of the time people have a toolkit in any mm -hmm. gathering that you're in and they will help you if you get stuck and you need max tracks and you don't have them put it out on instagram hey I'm, I'm stuck. Like I've broken down, like someone come help me. They will like, and that's the cool thing. Now, if you're in Utah and you have AAA and you have a conversion van or a bus, they will say, no, thank you. We, we are not helping you. So don't yeah. get stuck in Utah. <laughs> well, no, that's, I think it's AAA. I called AAA in a different state one time and they said that they didn't do conversion vans. So now if I call, I had to call AAA one time after that. And I, they said, are you in a conversion van or a passenger van? And I said a passenger van and they came and helped me. Okay, cats on the road. That's something I have no experience in. I do like talking about it. You mentioned it a little bit, but I think feel like cats kind of prohibit some people from moving on the road as well because they just don't really know how to have like an adventure cat. Like it's easy to, you know, kind of understand dogs behavior, I think for a lot of people while living on the road, but cats are just, they're a little more finicky around certain things. So what, how have you like navigated that? Did you have your cats before you lived in the van? Yes. I had my cats for about a year and a half before moving into the van. Okay. So they were Chicago apartment cats. And then they, when we moved into my dad's house, then they were orchard cats. And so, but it wasn't until we moved into uh, my dad's house that they like started kind of like going outside. Right. So I'll answer this in like a couple different parts. So part number one is I believe wholeheartedly that any cat can do this. And I'll give you some examples. So I have met so many other cat people on the road and it's been so incredible because they're all ages. So you have like Big Chungus, who's a part of like Fast Fam Van, which like I'm obsessed with Big Chungus's vlogs. Like Kaylee is like a genius. She's She needs to be on SNL. She's so yeah. freaking funny. If you guys don't follow them, they're my favorite cat account for a van. And <laughs> they have a, an 11 year old cat named Big Chungus that was a rescue cat. They rescued them, uh, Big Chungus at seven. And then they moved into the van, I think when she was 10. So like 10 year old cats, 100% can do it. They've started to harness train their cat at 10 years old and she totally is taking to it. So that that's like my first part is I think really any cat can do it. 
all ages. Now the second part is like, you just have to understand your cat a little bit. And I think it's really cool that I have two cats that are like totally different. So like you have Atlas who is more of a let's lay around, let's be lazy. And then you have like Otto who is like adventure cat. Like literally Atlas right now is like sitting, since I'm at my dad's house, he's sitting on the couch. Whereas like Otto is in the orchard. I have absolutely no idea where he is. He likes to play with the horses. Like he'll like go into like a horse barn and like go and chill with the horses at like my dad's neighbor. So you just have to one, understand your cat. So if you have a cat like Atlas, great. Okay, so just monitor the cat, put the cat outside, let the cat do whatever you wanna do. If you have a cat like Otto, where Otto's like begging to go out, then you'll wanna start introducing the harness, you wanna start introducing the leash, you wanna have them on the harness and the leash at all times when you're in the van. So like for the first, I wanna say three months, I did not let them out of my sight. I was like, we're gonna be on the leash. You're not gonna be let out. We will be doing leash walks until you understand like this is the area, do not leave this area. Like, and I'm talking to them as though they're humans and that they understand me, but like I genuinely think that like we talk to our animals and like they understand us. Like, cause I think they do. Yeah. So like with the cats, it's like, once you get to that level where you trust them, you just have to be okay with them potentially outside roaming. So like I have scheduled meal times. So like they eat really early and like they eat in the morning. So we'll go for a walk in the morning and then they'll eat and then they come mm -hmm. back to the van and then we'll go for a walk at night. And if the cats are outside roaming at like before their meal time, they will come back to the van every single time at, you know, six o'clock when they have their meal time. So that's a really good tip that like if you're training your cat and you want your cat to like roam and just like chill outside of the van, have a scheduled meal time. If you're training your cats how to use a harness, it's going to, your cat is going to be jello until like you, they, they understand the harness. Like literally like Atlas still doesn't really understand the harness. Like he'll use it, but like he, it's like a no bones day. Like Atlas yeah. is fully like no bones in the harness. <laughs> So when I would put the harness on the cats, I would put the cats, like I would put it on them before I would feed them. And then I would put them in the other room so that they physically had to walk to go get their food. And then they got used to the harness. And then the harness meant food, food meant harness. So it's really like trial and error and patience. Like patience is totally key and just like understanding your cat. There are some cats yeah. that are super afraid to like leave the van or they just feel more comfortable in the van. Like, Jean and Shay, their cats, Bean and Sprout, if their doors are open, they just stay in the van. And I'm like amazed that they do that. Like sometimes I wish that my cats would do that, but like they wouldn't. So I just think it's like really just dependent upon your cat's personality and like yeah. understanding like what you're comfortable with, like what the cat's comfortable with. Um, and then for trackers, I'm still like testing more out. Like I just tried the air tags and I like really don't like them. Cause like, I think the air tag doesn't work when you're not, when you don't have service and they also don't work when like you're on BLM land and there's like no one around you. So like, I just, it, mm -hmm. it doesn't work for my needs. I currently have tiles and again, none of this is sponsored, but like I currently have right. tiles that I use that like you put on your wallet or your keys and those I'll give like a B minus, like a C plus. I love them and they're still like what I use when I've been using for them for the last year. But like they still don't work when you need them to yeah. work. You kind of are still like wandering around until your app turns green and then like you can push a button and then, and then it rings. And like I have auto trained where when auto hears the ring, he comes for a right. treat. So like the tile is excellent out of service. You just have to kind of like walk around until you're back in range. But I haven't like found anything that's better.
Yeah. Same for me with the dogs. I mean, we love whistle devices. Like, they're, it's called whistle, and it's, mm. they do work really well for the dogs, but we also don't have dogs that would literally run away. Exactly. Like, Ella would never, ever... People are always like, aren't you worried? I'm like, Ella would never run, like, 10 miles away from me. Like, if anything, she just is yep. slightly out of... I mean, really hardly even if that, but, like, out of sight and stuff like that. So we use the whistle more so, like... In case, and like with fosters, maybe if the foster roams a little bit too much and they don't know their name as well yet and stuff like that. It also like tracks health and like activity levels and stuff. That's We use it more for that. But yeah, I also, I've tried a few different things, especially when Ella was a puppy and I also did not have like just a, like this one device that I felt so strongly about and was like really great at, at tracking the animals. So I feel that. Okay, so one thing that also my dogs have helped me tremendously with, and I imagine that your cats are probably the same, is with my brain, with mental health. <laughs> I don't know how I would possibly stay sane on the road without my dogs. I actually don't know how anyone lives in a van without pets. Ella's been with me every step of the way. I was like panicked before moving into my van. My van was almost done and I didn't have a dog yet. I like, couldn't get a dog. Nobody would give me a dog. And eventually I was obviously able to get Ella, but I was like adamant that I was going to not live in this van until I have a dog. And so I am just curious how your how have your cats helped? And like, what has your mental health journey been like so far specifically on the road? Mm -hmm. So my cats give me a purpose every single day. So like when I'm having my depressive episodes, like I still feel like I absolutely have to go outside and give them their walk every single day. You know, I have to get up and make sure that, you know, and it sounds so silly, but like when you're in depressive episodes, sometimes like you don't want to do anything, but like when you're taking care of another life in the van, it like really gives you a purpose to like, you have to get up to feed them. You have to get up to walk them. You have to like give them cuddles and like, and your pets also know you. So like Otto the other day, like I was having a really bad episode and Otto like came and sat on my chest. Like your pets just like know you, they know who you are. Like they just like, oh, I just like love them so much. Like I will literally look at my cat sometimes and be like, it hurts how much I love you. And like sometimes comments, yeah. comments will come in all the time being like, are you sure you want to let your cats out? Like a coyote is going to get them in two seconds. And like, I read that and I was like, oh, I don't want the, like them to ever leave the van. They have to stay in the van the rest of their life. But then I was like, wait, yeah. no, like if I listened to that, like I wouldn't live in a van. So like, right. And then my mental health journey when it comes to the van is so I've been seeing a therapist for the, almost four years. And then when I moved into the van, I was able to still stay with my therapist via um, like Zoom call or like FaceTime. Mm -hmm. And so we met to so like in the very beginning, I started seeing a therapist for disassociation and something called call of the void. And so with disassociation, I was working so much, like I was talking about earlier, that I had such like a cortisol buildup in my brain that I didn't physically believe that I existed in this world. So like when the event was over and I didn't have a new project, my brain went into like this like freeze mode. So like fight, flight, or freeze, it would go into freeze mode. And like, I would look around me, I would like look at the people that I loved and I would have absolutely zero emotional connection to anything in this planet. Like I genuinely did not believe that I existed. And I think you get that a lot with creators or just people in like with high stress situations as well is because like you're always go, 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 going. You're never stopping it. And then when yeah. you stop is when all of the emotions come back and your body is confused. So when I started seeing a therapist, he really helped me understand that this was totally normal. And it was literally just my body telling myself that I needed to take a break. Um, and so I hadn't had a like an episode like that 
in almost three years. And then the other day, actually, like literally two days ago, I was in my van. I was in Zion. I had just left um, one of my favorite cafes there. And I went into my van and I fully had like one of the worst like disassociation episodes and call of the void episodes that like I've ever had in this van. And it was the first time I'd ever had an episode like this in the van. And I was just sitting here like with my cats and I was like, I don't believe any of this is real. Like, do I actually live in a van? Am I actually on this planet? And so like my therapist, like I texted him and, and we couldn't meet cause like he had other patients or whatever. And so like we scheduled something, you know, soon after that, but he just like texted me and was like, Quinn, remember this, accept this emotion because it's temporary and you know that like tomorrow or in a couple of hours it will be gone so if you literally just like accept the emotion say okay i'm gonna disassociate like this exists this is me this is my brain i'm gonna calm down i'm gonna rest and then just know that it's gonna pass mm-hmm. because I've, I've always like i don't know like he always kind of tells me like don't make a permanent decision on a temporary emotion and i think that's always like really stuck out for me and like I, there's a couple trigger warnings like i like and this podcast or whatever, but like call of the void is like, you don't want to do anything, but thoughts of some doing something pop into your brain and it's terrifying and it's scary and you think it's not normal. But like my therapist reminded me that it is completely normal for that to happen. And it actually happens in a lot of people and to not be afraid and to not feel that you're alone. Cause like when that was happening to me, you are afraid. You're like, okay, I live in this van. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, is this really happening to me? So you just kind of like sit there and then like you write like a a gratitude journal or like I journal, like I don't journal on my pen and paper. Like I journal on my laptop because like my brain thinks so fast and my fingers can type as fast as my brain. So it's been mental health has definitely been like a journey for me in van life because like there's a lot of steering wheel crying. You have a lot of time to yourself. And while so true, all of the solo time is amazing. Like I remember like my first time ever traveling solo. I was like, I can listen to all the music I want. I can eat whatever I want. I can stop and take photos for however long that I want. And it's amazing. And it's incredible. And like, I love it. So I've almost become too independent and I'm like, Oh geez. Like what if I start dating? Like, that's weird. Like what if I can't be like, yeah. but with mental health, like I love it in the van and I also hate it in the van because you're forced to deal with it in the van way more than you're forced to deal with it in an apartment. But like, I'm so grateful that I'm privileged enough to have a therapist that can help walk me through like what's going on. But yeah, between the cats, my therapist and just like journaling, like it's been just like a life changer. Yeah. When you are like two days ago, when you were like feeling that type of way, also don't do this. Don't explain this if it like triggers you in any way, but like what is going on through your head and also like physically, like walk us through type, like relatively that moment of like, because I, and I'm really asking this for myself. We talked about this a lot when we met that day at the brewery, like I have not experienced call of the void and like how you explained that. But for the last few years, I have really like understood what disassociating was. And the fact that I have done that for a long time when I was in Chicago, I did it so badly. Like I would be walking like to and from work, which I think was also kind of triggering because I would have headphones in, which kills one sense. Even if you are like listening to music, I don't hear my surroundings. I would always look down like everyone does in a big city. You're just like trying to not make eye contact with anyone. So I'm like looking down. So I'm not getting any visual stimulation of what's around me. And I would just be like walking and I would just get into this very, very zombie-like mindset where it was like my brain was so foggy, so cloudy. It's almost like 
I would, I, it's almost like you're walking through a video game and you're just like looking around. It almost feels like you're high. Like it's, I'm just like looking around and I'm like, whoa, like what is going, like you're almost like tripping, but like I'm completely sober. And so it was just, I felt very dis, and this does still happen to me every once in a while, but f far less frequent than it did in Chicago. But, um, you feel super disconnected from like your body versus your brain. Like my brain is doing one thing and my body is just like, walking like almost as if someone else is like making it walk and I was I, I just walk and I'm like the sand below my feet I'm like what is like that feels so weird like it's a bizarre feeling sorry that was my own tangent but yeah would you mind like no but it's but that is literally a perfect explanation yeah so what in that moment like you had this experience a couple days ago like what kind of happens physiologically and stuff for you are you sitting in your van just staring into space like what what are you doing yeah so I feel completely like dead inside so like I remember looking at my pocket door and like looking at all the white space and it was like very fuzzy and like furry it felt like and I felt like I was in this fairy tale land where like I knew I lived in a van I knew that like what I was doing was awesome and what I wanted to be doing but like I didn't feel like I existed in my own reality it just felt very much like I'm blah like I don't exist I'm I'm witnessing like I'm looking at myself existing but I'm not physically existing like and yeah. and it's so it's so sad because like a lot of people don't know that this is called disassociation like they just do yeah. it like you you did in Chicago and like it's a scary thing because like you don't feel like you're a person but the also scary thing is like if I were to communicate with someone while disassociating they would have no idea because I'm so good at hiding it because I had no idea right. that like I was masking this and then when it comes to like call of the void like with call of the void like I remember being in I haven't had like in in that van I had it two days ago but like that was just like a an episode of like well it would just be easier if I like didn't exist anymore because like I I don't know what my next steps are I don't know where I'm going after this Life is just like too yeah. hard. And it sounds silly saying that because like, like hush, hush, you live in a van. You have the best life ever. Like, no, 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 no. Like just because you live in a van doesn't mean you have an amazing, incredible life. Like it, it's a privilege to live in a van. Yes. But like, you're still going through your day to day. Every, everything is still the same, except you just don't live in an apartment. Yeah, for sure. But then with Call of the Void, like it would just occasionally pop up where like I'd be in Chicago standing at the L waiting for the L. And then I'd be like, well, what if I just like stepped in front of it? Or like, what if I just like was on my bike and like crashed into this car. Like, but like, I wasn't thinking that way. My brain just like put it into my brain. And then I was like, I, I was afraid of myself. Yeah. And so I think like with disassociating and call of the void, it's like, I become very fearful of like what I could do without knowing that I'm going to do anything. But it's like, yeah. why is my normal brain thinking like this? But it's literally just a hormone imbalance in your brain from what my therapist told me that just means you need to slow down. You need to journal. You need to talk about like what you're grateful for. You need to like, just like bring yourself back to reality. Like he even said one day, he's like, if you're having this, look at all of the different trees and then count how many different greens there are. Tell me how many different shades of green and like it, anything you can do to potentially ground yourself, like take your shoes off, go for a walk, feel like something underneath your feet, just to like remind your brain that like your body is also okay too. But yeah, there's a lot of like trigger warnings throughout that. So sorry if that was like a lot. No, it's fine. I, um, yeah, I mean, I'll just, I, I usually trigger warn pretty much every episode. This is like, I feel like cool. this is a van life podcast. Also like it's just a mental health podcast. I feel like it's pretty much, yeah. I don't typically have guests on and not 
bring up mental health just because, I mean, it's a huge part of my life. So it's like, I am always just a personally curious about other people. I just, I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily advice because it could just be totally a personal thing that happens for me. But for anybody who, I mean, A, a lot of people didn't even know that they had social anxiety until I did an episode on social anxiety. So I assume there's going to be a lot of people who are going to listen to this episode and be like, oh my God, that's what it's called. I just, that's definitely going to happen. And for me, one thing that does help tremendously. Well, so two things, like I mentioned a minute ago, when I like am shutting down different senses of my, like of my surroundings, it really impacts that like part of me. Like if I put headphones in and I'm like walking on dog beach, I put headphones in and I'm like looking down for whatever reason, like those, that thing of me putting my head down with headphones in, I almost instantaneously look back up and take my headphones out because like I immediately go back into like this state of disassociating. So I have to hear the waves, hear the dogs at dog beach. I have to hear the people say good morning, blah, blah, blah. Like I need to hear the people around me and I need to like be outside. So if it also starts happening in my van, I immediately have to like step outside, take a minute and just kind of like literally shake my head a little bit. And then I like come back, I'll like fluff my dog ears and like yep. and it doesn't always work if it's not working I will literally just sit down and start watching Netflix because for some reason that also just kind of puts me in a more focused headspace like I'm just gonna watch this show but yeah that's those are just a couple things that I've really like actually noticed about myself so yeah anyways fun things kind of on the same note but slightly different do you feel like social media has helped or hurt your mental health in any capacity I feel like I have a, a very different answer than most people I think both but on Instagram, when it used to just be photo only, I wasn't good at social media. I'm not a photo person. Like I feel like my personality is so much better in a video and I love the video aspect so much. So I think when TikTok started happening and then Instagram introduced reels, then I started loving social media because like prior to video, I felt like I had to be in the perfect pose uh, the prettiest hairstyle, the best background, the skinniest person ever, or the coolest person with like a very cool caption. And I hated that. And I just like felt like I didn't fit in. And now that there's video, yeah. I feel like it's actually my personality and then I can display myself. And it's really cool that like so many people like cats. Like, it's just so funny. Like when people are like, well, what's your page about? I was like, I don't know, cats traveling, like mostly cats though, <laughs> like van life. But in terms of the like creating content, yeah. I think we all create way too quickly. I think when you create something, I feel very proud of creating and then you post it online and then it doesn't do well. And then all of a sudden my heart hurts so bad because I'm like, look at, I just like put this, all this effort into doing this. And I'm like so sad that it didn't do well. But then you have to remind yourself, like my therapist told me, he's like, Quinn, do you know John Steinbeck? And I was like, yeah, like of Mice and Men. He's like, yeah, but he wrote like 16 other books that you've never heard of. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's probably true. He's like, don't expect every one of your videos, every one of your posts to go viral. Like that just like isn't good thinking. Right. It's unhealthy thinking. So like I love social media because it's given me a creative outlet to help inspire others to potentially live my lifestyle too. Cause like right. even when I was start, like when I didn't live in a van, like I was inspiring people to like, people didn't know, even know how to book a flight when I was like, teaching people how to do that on TikTok or like, Hey, you could use Google flight alerts for a really cheap flight. Like you don't have to spend thousands of dollars and, and you could go to Indonesia for like right. a really cheap cost. Like it doesn't have to be outside of your budget. So like, I love the fact that like you and I, our pages inspire others. To, it's like a realistic dream. So that I think is really cool. Mm -hmm. It's just like the side effects of like 
performing for others or that your content doesn't do well yeah. or that you're constantly having to create. Like if you, if I posted a video this morning and I opened up and saw, you know, an even better one posted that night from someone else, I'm like, well, shit, I got to create again, like create, 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 create. So it's really difficult to separate, like let's go on a hike to let's go on a hike and also create content. Yeah, so yeah. I'm kind of learning that balance right now, but like I love social media for the inspirational aspect, not just like my page or whatever, but like all pages. Cause like I wouldn't have gotten involved in van life if it hadn't been for your page, coordinate, leave the map. Cause they had, right. they were the only cat account that I thought that I knew of. Um, and they had been on the road three months. Like, so if it hadn't been for your pages, like I wouldn't be doing this. Or like the other day at a campfire, like mm -hmm. someone was sitting around and I was like, how'd you hear of van life? And, and she said your podcast. So it was like, it's a very full circle moment that like social media is, you know, not so good on so many levels, but great on just like understanding like that you could change your life too. Yeah, totally. I feel like social media obviously has these negative aspects where like people are going to say some heinous shit about like you and everyone that you love and it like obviously sucks but I feel like I kind of got a pretty thick skin early on and I feel like social media has really helped my like I mean I don't I, I do not place my self-worth or my confidence in social media but it has helped me in those categories feeling like I have people who like me. I mean, I'm sorry that I, I mean, I'm a human being and I, I feel like I've gone through different periods of my life where I just feel like, do I have good friends? Do I have real friends? Do I have blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I now feel confident and like, you know, I have a lot of self-worth outside of just being on Instagram or anything, but like, I enjoy the fact that I feel like I have all these like-minded people who get my jokes and find me funny and like understand what I'm saying when I say certain things. And like that genuinely has made like, I feel like enriched my life in a lot of ways that I like, I feel like I have a community around me that like cares about me and I care about them. I know it's, you know, kind of one-sided in a lot of ways but it's like I would just be lying if I said that I didn't like enjoy that part of being on social media that like I have this group of people who genuinely understands me and likes listening to me talk to my friends for an hour and a half like you know what I'm saying like that's that's pretty fucking cool and I'm like grateful for that you just brought up comments and I like trolls just like went right past my brain because like I just think about trolls as like Oh, I'm sorry that you're projecting and you just like think that you hate me because like you think you can't live this lifestyle. Like I literally like can't, I don't even like pay mind to those comments because like one, right. I was in a very social media heavy industry that was very dramatic at times in my old job. So like mm -hmm. I did get a thick skin from that, but also like sometimes I just try to imagine the people that are literally commenting those mean negative comments. And I'm like, I feel sorry for you. And I'm like, sorry, but like, you're not going to thank you for boosting my engagement, but like, you're not going to bring me down. I'm still going to do this. Like, sorry, dude. Yeah. That's how I feel about trolls now too. It, it literally does not matter to me. And what people don't understand that like, you know, they'll leave a little comment or something on my TikTok that's mean. And then like 400 people will like agree with them. Everyone's talking shit. And this one little thread off of that one comment. And I'm like, you guys have no idea what you're doing for me right now. Like yes. the engagement that you are just said lighting on fire on this video is like, I mean, God bless. Like, thank you. And I just, it's so funny because I don't think people actually know that that's how it works, but it's just like, 
there will be the longest thread of negativity. And I mean, I'm not reading any of it. Like, I don't even subject my mind to like consume anything like that. Because of course, in those 400 comments, there's a lot of people defending me and protecting me and stuff. And I always really am grateful for that. But like, I just post the video. I usually spend about like 20 minutes after the video, like commenting back, engaging with the people who are on the platform. They likely already follow me. Therefore, they're usually nice. And then, you know, I, I see certain things come through on my phone and I'll read some comments and stuff, but I don't need to spend like the majority of my day digging through that shit. So I typically just, I just don't. <laughs> I was on your website. I forget when it was, but I saw with your coffee brand, it was like email at Sydney's mom at gmail.com or something. And I was like, what a humanizing small thing to do to remind someone that this is a human being on the other line. Like, yeah, Sydney's mom. <laughs> yeah, that's I we thought about because her name is Sharon and she does all of my coffee like emails and stuff. She just like she is so psyched about all the coffee stuff. And so she just loves taking care of that, like for managing subscriptions and stuff like that. And so, yeah, we were literally making that. And my dad was like, oh, that'd be cute if I did Sydney's mom at divineontheroad.com. And I was like, oh, my God, that is definitely what we're doing, because then people also. Yeah, it's it's first of all exciting for some of my followers to like you're not just emailing some random stranger like you're literally talking to my mom <laughs> like that is my mom on the other end of that email but also like you said it is it's a humanizing way to just be like this is my mom so so help me god if you send her something mean like watch yourself <laughs> that that's my mom uh, and so yeah it's funny that you picked up on that because most people i don't even know if they see that what are some of your future travel plans international trips included because I have seen on your Instagram stories, you've got some cool things coming up. Yes. In 2023, I'm actually hosting an all women's trip to Morocco um, that I'm so excited about. So I have always wanted to go to Morocco my entire life, but I haven't really felt safe going alone there. Not that it's not a safe country to go alone there. I've heard plenty of amazing things. I just personally didn't feel comfortable. So I really wanted to have an awesome all women's trip, go there. And so far there's, pro there's a couple more spots left. So if you wanted to go on the all women's trip, to Morocco. You can also go to the link in my um, Instagram bio and you'll see all the information there. I love international travel. And what's cool about the company that I'm using is that it's really affordable. So like Morocco is like 2,200, I think 2,300 for nine yeah. days in Morocco. And like, we're going on like, you know, all of these like beautiful sand dune boarding experiences and like these beautiful cooking and spa experiences. So um, if you wanted to do that again, links in my Instagram bio. So exciting. It's like one uh, of actually, my like biggest goals in the van was just to like travel and to see more and then to like help others do it. And so like, I'm actually excited too. I think in the next like month, I have a website actually coming out, which I'm so happy. So I'll finally have a travel website come out where like, I don't share a ton of locations on my Instagram, but like I will share just like all my favorite locations that I go to, kind of what to do, places to eat, restaurants, things to do. So that'll be called quinnthereedonethat.com. Yeah, you told me your email right before the podcast. It was like quinnthereedonethat, like at Gmail or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with that like name. That is so funny. That's so clever. I love like little like witty things like that. It's good. Very good. And okay, yeah. Lastly, just will you spell out your name and stuff where everybody can find you? You do Instagram, TikTok, and then you also just kicked off your YouTube channel, which is amazing. It's been four years and I still, I cannot get my shit together enough to like manage all the platforms. Cannot do it. But yeah, just where can people find you across all those things? Yeah. So my handle across YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok is Q-U-I-N 
G-A-B-L-E. And so that is where you can find Quinn. Please do follow her. I feel like, you know, my life has changed in a lot of ways in terms of like being with Henry and like, you know, I don't know. I guess that that's pretty much it. But like now I feel like I'm in this like family unit. So your account gives me all of the like female empowerment, like kind of, I mean, I hope I still kind of represent that, but like nostalgic type of thing where it's just like, you really are just crushing it and like not looking too much at like the other things, right? Like I don't feel like you're, you don't like post about actively dating all the time, which is like cool who anybody can date any, obviously do your thing. But like, I enjoy the fact that it really is like you in this van with your cats, just like creating and like living your best life, hiking with your cats in a backpack and you know, just killing it and being happy with it. Thanks. And I appreciate yeah. you and everything that you've given to the van life community, especially like the women van life community, because like you just help so many people including myself. So thank you. And thank you for having me as a guest. Of course. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. We will talk soon and yeah. Bye.